0: In my program as I always do by quoting my guru Baba Muktananda who began his programs by saying in Hindi swagat." with great respect and love I welcome you all with all my heart and he would always say that the essence of spirituality is to welcome another person with love to welcome yourself first with love and then welcome another person with love Uh, and that would just about solve most of the world's problems if we could do that, I reckon. So welcome, and I want to welcome everybody watching online. Do I look up here? All you guys out in radio land, welcome. Uh, And people who are here uh, for the first time, let me welcome you. And special welcome to those taking Nataraj's workshop on Tantra, I want to welcome you all. Tantra is a great philosophy which is much misunderstood in the present age. It simply means finding God in the world, not rejecting the world like uh, some yogis do and some philosophies do, Uh, not pursuing indulgence, on the other hand, uh, but learning to find divinity hidden. Within the world. And of the best uh, expressions of that tantric philosophy, Kashmir Shaivism, which we study here a lot, is, I think, the highest expression of that tantric philosophy. And as Leela told you, uh, today is an anniversary for Devi Ma and me. 31 years ago, June 11th, 1812, what is that? <laughs> 1991. Uh, we came to Australia at the invitation of a group of devotees, and we uh, we had uh, ashrams all over the place at, in uh, Elwood and Brighton, then back in Elwood again, and finally we settled, as they say, on the beautiful Mornington Peninsula. Uh, so we've been here, we've been in this site for 26 years, I think, something. Uh, so... In honor of of that anniversary, June 11th has some mystic uh, meaning in my life. I'm trying to figure it out. I asked uh, Ambika, our astrologer, to work it out because uh, it's also a a date that, uh, well, you'd have to read my memoir to find out. (laughs) But it was a very significant date. I thought something really bad would happen on it. Instead, I came to Australia 30 years later. <laughs> but anyway, um, so in honor of the, that anniversary, I'm doing something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And uh, with the help of uh, Shiviraj and Ishwar and others, uh, I created a little card with the phrase, I'm the self on them. <clears throat> and so uh, people looked confused when they got it, a few people, so. I'm going to explain it anyway. I am the self is what we call here a G statement, G as in God, great or Guru, something like that. Um, traditionally, uh, it's called a Mahavakya. Maha is great and Vakya is utterance, great utterance. Uh, the great Shankaracharya, the, the uh, whose known uh, associated with Advaita Vedanta 1,000 years ago, um, isolated these great statements in the Vedas, in the Upanishads, uh, and found that certain great statements encapsulated the whole teaching. And they, if you contemplated them, if you meditated on them, uh, you, they would connect you to higher consciousness. In this way, language is not considered just meaningless verbiage, but it actually can be a path to the divine. You can connect you to God. Um, So um, these G-statements, as we call them, are similar to affirmations. We know the power of affirmation. But they're an important difference because the source is not a human mind, but higher consciousness. So for example, past the salt is not a G-statement. Uh, I'm a loser is not a G statement. I'm a loser is what we call a tearing thought, which is a negative thought that goes right into your own heart and makes you lose all your energy and joy, makes you miserable. Uh, Tearing thoughts are a very good phenomenon uh, to understand. We all have them. Tearing thoughts which defeat us, put us down. Somehow we pick them up in the course of living. Sometimes we pick up Our parents' tearing thoughts. Sometimes other circumstances give it to us. I'm a loser. I'm no good. I don't measure up. That other one's better than me. And we rehearse these in the privacy of our own brain chamber and uh, (laughs) attack ourselves. We don't need enemies if we've got tearing thoughts because that takes care of us pretty good. I hate everyone is not a G statement. (laughs) That's a tearing thought turned outward. I love the magpies is not a G statement, <clears throat> but it's getting there. I should explain for people in foreign countries, that's like saying I love the Yankees or I love the uh, t- Tottenham or <laughs> Tottenham, the Spurs, uh, it's, you know, never mind. Look it up, if you don't understand. (laughs) But the traditional G-statements that Shankaracharya uh, talked about are like these Sanskrit, aham brahmasmi. Aham brahmasmi, uh, which means aham, I am. Brahmasmi, Brahman. Brahman means the absolute, the highest truth, pure Awareness, pure consciousness, divinity without form. So I am Brahman says that I, in my deepest nature, are one with the highest principle in the world. And that's what these great statements do. They connect us with the highest. The other one, Tatlamasi, you are that. You are that, that being that highest principle, Brahman. So Tatlamasi refers to the same thing. So, These, the four uh, Vedas each had one of these statements and they all make an equal sign between who you are. We think we're this person with limitations, difficulties, misunderstood, striving for something, having all kinds of material difficulties. But in fact, the teaching says we are divine, divine beings inside. Because we are conscious beings, and consciousness itself is the divine principle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, these are the traditional G statements. When, when we when uh, we took uh, sannyas, we became swamis with Baba. Baba gave us this uh, mantra, the the particular swami group that uh, there are ten. What do they call them? The, the, Initiates. Not ten Dasnami, you know what it called? Akata? What is it? Arkada. Not ten, uh, <laughs> ten schools. What's a school of swamis? <laughs> huh? Tra- traditions, whatever. Sampradaya? Uh, what? Sampradaya? sampradaya? okay, that'll do. <laughs> we'll go with sampradaya. <laughs> <laughs> and so um in in our sampradaya. It's not just a pradaya, it's some pradaya. (laughs) Um, Anyway, ahambra masmi is the mantra. Ahambra masmi. And um, when uh, we took leave to go back uh, to uh, where we were stationed, uh, my fellow Swami, Swami Shantananda, and I asked Baba, uh, "Do we repeat that, ahambra masmi? And he said, like a mantra? He said, no, he says... You go, ahamba masman. You go like this, <laughs> which means you take a use the concept I am Brahman to merge in that space and contemplate it. You don't repeat it like a parrot. Ahamba masman. masman. You can do that. It's all right. Uh, and uh, this this G statement, which I given tonight, I am the self, uh, I received from my guru 50 years ago, more actually, and um, it had the effect of transforming my awareness, and so tonight I'm super happy to formally give it to everybody, and again it's not uh, a mantra that you can repeat, although if you say I am the self, I am the self, not so bad. It's all right. You won't go to the, uh, be left back and, you know, and not advance in your life. You'll go forward. Um, <clears throat> what happened was that I was, it was my early days in the ashram, uh, in Baba's ashram in India, near in Mumbai, Ganeshpuri. Uh, <clears throat> and um, I was meditating deeply and trying to work out where the self was. I was. Because Baba used to say always, meditate on the self, honor the self, find the self. And so uh, I would contemplate that very earnestly. And uh, then I started to worry, because I was very concerned with ego. I said, well, if, I, if I meditate on the self, won't that inflate my ego? So uh, I asked Baba about that. And Baba said, uh, the ego can actually be a, uh, a help spiritually, if you identify with the self. He said, don't say, I am a beggar or I am a king. Say, I am the self. And that uh, something happened chemically to me in that moment. I was electrified. I think it was his shakti, his power that was transmitted and it turned my brain around and I saw things a whole different way. That by saying, I am the self, he was saying what was already the case. I wasn't, I didn't have to strive for something because I already was that. And I could just hold that, if I could hold that position, although it's very easy to lose that position, uh, that uh, that would do it. So, and when he said, don't say I'm a beggar, that he's saying, don't have tearing thoughts. Don't put yourself down. You're not a weak person, you're not a, hopeless person, don't don't run those scenarios in your brain that you put yourself down, we all do it. I think this is endemic to Western society particularly, tearing thoughts, we all attack ourselves <clears throat> inwardly. He says, don't say that, don't do that. And on the other hand, don't say I am a king, which means uh, inflating thoughts because when you have an inflating thought, you're always going to have a tearing thought later. When you get brought down, as in the tall poppy syndrome. Uh, so, <clears throat> instead, say, "I am the self. I am the self. I am conscious. Uh, it, I, I am a, a beggar. Is relative. I am a king. Is relative. I am a king, and you are not. When, whenever we compare ourselves, when it's implicit." a comparison, uh, it's disastrous. But if we see who we are as we are, as the self, no one can ever take that away, and we're completely established in that. So contemplate that because it was extraordinary for me. Later, I was reading Shaivism, and the first first sutra in Shaivism, the first statement in Shaivism, are we getting cold? opening and shutting? Okay. <laughs> the doors, are doors open and shut, the doors generally. Are <laughs> the doors are in the breeze. <laughs> <laughs> is the door, door flapping? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. So, the first statement in Shaivism is a statement about the self. It says, Chaitanya Atman. Chaitanya Atman, Chaitanya is consciousness, atma is the self. So it says consciousness, self. The self is consciousness. This is a really uh, big, um, uh, a big topic in philosophy and science, he says, consciousness. Um, and I just, uh, uh, I got a call from a, an old neighborhood friend of mine from 60 years ago. I just got yesterday. And he's te- he was telling me, you know, there's no such thing as consciousness. <laughs> I said, who's speaking? Who's talking? Who's understanding? Who's listening? <clears> he <throat> couldn't get anywhere with it. But, <laughs> but we are conscious beings. Your consciousness defines you. Not your body, not your political party, not your, uh, your look or your clothing or your bank book or your car. You're defined by your awareness. When your awareness leaves your body, you're not there anymore. So we are our consciousness. Chaitanya Matman, the self, is our consciousness. Extraordinary thing. Um, Then I like, in my Learn to Meditate course, I always like to begin by saying, we don't live in the world, we live actually in two worlds. The inner world and the outer world. The outer world is material. It's full of stuff and other people. The inner world is purely consciousness. It's purely awareness. And it's private. The other world we share, your inner world is private. Unless you sit behind the drummer at satsang. (laughs) But, uh, (coughs) But... the outer world of matter, the inner world <laughs> of consciousness. What's in? Oh, uh, <laughs> a time lapse joke. <clears throat> so what's um, what's in your inner world? You know, Phobia, Since our inner worlds are private, I wouldn't presume to tell you what's in your inner world. But if you're anything like me. Basically, it's made of thoughts and feelings. That sound right? It's thoughts and feelings. And so, we're basically always looking to the outer world to adjust it so that we can have a nice feeling inside. If I have enough stuff, I'll feel good. If I meet Mr. Right, Miss Right, I'll feel good. If somebody praises me, I'll feel good. If I get the right house and car, I'll feel good. But it always comes back to feeling good. What the yogis know is that we can approach this matter directly. We can approach it, approach the inner world directly. And we can try to create an equilibrium between our thought and feeling. So when I talk about the self, I give a different formulation, which I think is easy for everyone to understand. Thought and feeling, I say that it's the clear space of good feeling. The clear space of good feeling. So thought, clear, the clear space. The thoughts are clear. They're not racing all over the place. You're not in doubt and and confusion. You're calm, peaceful and good feeling. You're not full of negativity and full of depression full of rage, you're balanced. you're full of peace, full of love, full of joy, the clear space of good feeling. Now, everybody knows the clear space of good feeling. Surely you've brushed up against it once or twice in your life. You've, you know what I'm talking about. On some odd Thursday <laughs> on, in, a, in a strange year, for some reason the constellations were right, You just felt good. (laughs) You were in the clear space of good feeling. Then what happened? How come you lost that clear space of good feeling? Did somebody come along and hold a gun to your head? That happened to me. But you lost that space because your mind did something. didn't matter what happened outside. Your mind did something and you lost that space. So this clear space of good feeling is, if not the self, is well on the road to the self. Now back in my university days, um, I was depressed. In my graduate school days, I had an existential malaise. <laughs> it means life was shit. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, meaningless. I couldn't find joy or enthusiasm. I thought, what's life about? And outwardly I was being pretty successful, but I was depressed. <clears throat> I said, what's life about? You strive for goals and then you die. <laughs> and if you achieve your goals, so what anyway? <clears throat> but later, that, those feelings drove me to the spiritual path, in fact, and my guru showed me that there is a principle of upliftment and renewal and vibrancy that's at the core of things. And even at my core, and I could contact it through meditation. Scripturally, they sometimes call that the shakti, the energy. Sometimes they call it the spanda, the profound vibration of the self. But a vibrancy, we know about it, you know, it happens, we experience that when a baby is born. It's great joy, because this miracle has happened. Uh, you contact that vibrancy. When you meet an old friend who you haven't seen in a long time, in that first moment, you feel that love, that vibrancy that happens. When you fall in love, for two minutes you feel that. <laughs> I'm Being bad, sorry. Sorry. Forever. (laughs) Forever. So it's in there, that that feeling. (laughs) I feel I'm gonna sing a song, I got an old song. Forever my darling, no. It's in there, this, this possibility, this potential, but it's hard to access. But through meditation on the self, you can access this clear space of good feeling. Through meditation, we can attain it, and within that clear space of good feeling is the principle of upliftment and renewal. You may say the universe is running out of steam Uh, the, the, uh, the environment is going to hell, the oceans are being filled with plastic, the sun is cooling down, pretty terrible. Russia's on the move, life is pretty bad. But deep down within things, there is this vibrancy and this renewal. It just means that we are out of touch with that as human beings, we haven't turned our attention to the real source, but if we can contact that source, we can find this principle of renewal. So tonight I've picked a few contemplations uh, on the self, and we we always worship that. We love when a child is born, we love creativity, creatives who, who touch a certain principle, its energy, this upliftment, We worship that, we love that. Uh, But we don't realize that that same power is within all of us. And as meditators, as yogis, as spiritual people, as spiritual seekers, our quest is to uncover that inner power. And it's not a fiction. It is absolutely as real as anything. It's completely real and completely attainable. It's just that we haven't put our considerable energies and intelligence towards it. And when we do, we get rewards that way. So I have a few things um, from uh, various sources about it. First one is from Bhagwan Nityananda, who's my grand guru. His statue is there. He was a unique figure what is known as an <clears throat> Um he, he may look simply clad, but that loincloth cost cost $25,000. <laughs> it's a designer <laughs> one. <clears throat> but he was uh, an extraordinary being. And he said, I have a couple from him, so we can keep that up. Discover the secret of the self that is eternal delight. Yes, you must know that secret. Look into your heart with the inner eye and discover the royal road. Leave the downward path and take to the upward path. So succinct, so beautiful. He's saying there is this hidden path within. Turn within and discover that. He says, you must know that. At the end of all the peregrinations and uh, stuff of our life, we have to turn to what's basic, to self. Turn to that, discover who we are. Here's another one by him also. He says, find out who you are. Look deeply and find out. Out there is not the truth. Cultivate in here. Don't, don't look to the outer world for solutions. The outer world's fine, but don't look for it to solve your life. You have to turn within. Cultivate in here. Reach deeply within for the secret. The sense of separateness is not the truth. We all feel cut off, separate, neglected, different things, not the truth. Your words and actions should show oneness. Turn, burn the physical sight. And look, don't see things only externally and superficially. Look with the inner eye. It is the sense of separateness that causes suffering. That's Bhagwan Nityananda. And uh, now my teacher, the great Baba Muktananda, let's see what I have here. I have a question answer with him on the self. Oh, I'm talking about the self, am I? The atman, the self. He would always say, meditate on the self, know the self. This was what he said again and again and again. Question, would you show me who I am? Baba, you are you. You can't be anything else. You are that supreme truth. So that's a little deeper. You are that supreme truth. When I consciousness becomes attached to other things, it becomes limited. When you say, I'm a beggar or a king, you're attaching it to other things and limiting yourself. When you say, I am the self, you go beyond that. He says, the pure I awareness does not attach itself to anything. So when you say, I am the self, you're going for that pure I consciousness. This is the light of God itself. When your ego becomes attached to a particular name or form, it becomes bondage. Through meditation, you should get to the pure eye awareness within you. So he's saying, it's okay, live your outer life. Live it. Live it intelligently. Live it with insight. But meditate and touch that place within you. Once you touch that place within you, it will transform the way you live your life because you'll be able to see that same principle everywhere, outside as well as inside. He goes on. This pure I is nothing but a vibration of the inner self. If you're not aware of the pure I, then you know yourself as I am the body. I'm a man or I'm a woman. The pure I has no attachment in it. That is the true self. That is truth and that is consciousness. So we identify with a lot of things, very profoundly. We identify with our country, we identify with our religion, we identify with our philosophical or uh, uh, political ideas, party, whatever it is. We identify with our family, Uh, we identify with our sex, we identify with our body, we identify with so many things, and he's saying that, Beyond all of those identifications, there's a greater identification, that is with the self, with consciousness. And if we could know that, still have these other identifications, but hold them more lightly. Uh, if we could know that, then we could attain the truth. <clears throat> so now, the next one, I wanna do a couple of, uh, let me see, how many do I have? Of uh, what I call notes from the tea shop. <laughs> Isn't that a bizarre photograph? <laughs> this is uh, the tea shop in my day. The tea shop was next door to the ashram. And every day after lunch, uh, I would go there and with my cronies. And we'd have a cup of chai. And I would go and contemplate all the different things. I got out of the intensity of that ashram for a moment and uh, do it. You can see me sitting there, but that's been sh- photoshopped, actually. <laughs> 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 if you can identify me, I don't know. Uh, the the uh, <laughs> what? What is it? What? You're the one Oh, that's right, I'm floating. I'll, I'll tell you, the, the guy in the middle with the bandana, see him? His name was Joe Don Looney. He was a famous American football player. And he was half crazy. He was considered, you wouldn't understand this, but he was the leading candidate for Heisman Trophy in, in college, which means the leading high school college football player. And that is a huge, big deal. Um... But he started beating up his coaches. He was, he was really half crazy. <clears throat> and, um, uh, and then he played pro ball for a while, and he beat up his coaches again, found his career end and then he went to the east, finally found Baba, and Baba took him, and he, he said, "You go in the back of the the ashram, there was we had an elephant there. Baba had an elephant." He said, "You take care of the elephant because." You've been pushing people around because he's so big. The elephant can handle you. <laughs> he he told me he was he was a great guy. He said he said, told me Swamji, he says I was such a beast. He says I would uh, party all night and then run through the bears the next day. Is, uh, he said, Nothing could stop me except Baba. <laughs> uh, but I digress. But uh, in, I used to make notes there and think about things. And these are some of the jottings. Notes from the tea shop. OK, we can take that down. <laughs> That's my one and only photograph of the inside of the tea shop. <clears throat> um, so we'll do a couple of meditations. Notes from the tea shop. Uh, First, this is the first step, this one. Note number 150. Close your eyes for a minute and go inside and we're going to look at the inner world and say the self includes all my experiences, all my inner experience. So we're not going to be too fine about it. We're just going to say whatever I I feel, see, think, with my eyes closed, turned within, is the self. So go inside and say, all my thoughts and feelings and sensations are myself. The self is the totality of my entire inner experience. Just sit with that for a moment. Okay, that's uh, sort of, uh, what do they call it in mountain climbing, the camp? Base camp. camp. Yeah, it's not the ultimate goal. So we'll go to the next step, number 474. Turn within and say, this is my inner experience. Close your eyes and do it. And then say to yourself, my inner self is the peaceful core of my inner experience. So it's not the totality, but it's the peaceful core at the center of your inner experience. Whatever agitation, fear, desire, etc., that I feel, are created by my mind. And this blocks my experience of my deepest self. When the mind's agitated, you can't get in touch with the clear space of good feeling. The deepest self is not an object or an organ. It's the clear space of good feeling. So try to navigate to the clear space of good feeling within. Just say clear space of good feeling, even if you have a sense of it. Okay, and finally, we'll end with a meditation, and we'll meditate for ten minutes, and uh, I'll use another one of the notes, number sixty-seven, um, and and the the I the G statement of tonight. I am the self, and then we'll meditate. After after this, we'll. Uh, Turn down the lights and we'll meditate for 10 minutes, okay? Ready? To go inside and know that which is nearest. You know, your, your house, your apartment, your family, your clothing are very near and dear to you. But nearest still is your own inner world. No matter how much you love your family or friends, they can't get inside your inner world. Only you are in there. And so what's the nearest thing to you? What is the closest thing to you? What is the thing most at your core, at your center? Know that which is nearest. Contemplate that, as I say it, with your eyes closed. Know that which is closest know that which is most intimate. As a people, we're mad for intimacy. We're insane for intimacy. We're intimacy lunatics. We're intimacy mad. Have I made my point? We love intimacy. So be intimate with yourself. Go find that core of yourself. Know your own self. Say, I am the self. As feeling, not just concept. Feel your I am, your I am. Say, I am the self. And meditate on the self. And we'll meditate now for 10 minutes. And once again, great respect and love. I welcome you all with all my heart. It's a pleasure meeting all of you. Sakuna Maharaj Ki Jai.